Gift Biz Unwrapped, episode 271. Video builds connection on a human-to-human level better than anything else. Attention gifters, bakers, crafters, and makers. Pursuing your dream can be fun. Whether you have an established business or are looking to start one now, you are in the right place. This is Gift Biz Unwrapped, helping you turn your skill into a flourishing business. Join us for an episode packed full of invaluable guidance, resources, and the support you need to grow your gift biz. Here is your host, gift biz gal, Sue Monheit. Hi there, it's Sue, and thank you so much for being here with me today. How are you doing? I mean, honestly, 2020 continues to be a whirlwind of a year, doesn't it? As you may know, on January 1st, I fell on the ice and broke my wrist. That was the start to my year, and I feel like ever since then, the world has been shattered. But I also believe that from these broken bits, a brand new, even better structure can be formed. That's what I'm hoping for you and your business too, or potential business, depending on where you are in your journey. And towards that end, if there's something you're struggling with, a part of your business that needs more focus, or something that's stopping you from progressing, I wanna know. That feedback helps me with guest selections and also topics for my Facebook Lives. And if you don't know about those, they happen inside the Facebook group, Gift Biz Breeze. Come join us there. You'll hear more about it at the end of the show. If you have a topic that you want me to know about so we can work on getting it onto the show, please reach out to me at sue at suemonheit.com. Now today, we have the second of a two-part series on personal branding. And yes, even though you may have a business that's called something other than your given name, you're still the designer and creator behind your handmade products. This comes with a huge opportunity to add power to your brand by showing your face and personality to your customers. We covered how to do this through photos in part one with Nicole Marie. If you haven't listened, it's the episode right before this. Now we're going to move into talking about live streaming and video. You're going to learn the three pointers on how to feel natural in front of a camera. Boy, don't we all struggle with that? And then when to use more polished video versus casual live streaming. So you might be asking, what's the big benefit with all of this? For getting uncomfortable and not only putting yourself out in front of the camera, but then also talking? The benefit is that people will buy from you even when your prices are higher than what can be found on Amazon or in a local chain store. We both know that your product is of higher quality. Video and live streaming is the key to convincing people that they should pay more for your product because it's worth it. Do I have your attention now? Today, it is my pleasure to introduce you to Kelsey Moore. Kelsey is an actress and on-camera expert for purpose-driven entrepreneurs. She helps you look, sound, and feel great on camera. She works with her clients to craft their unique message in a way that creates a powerful and authentic connection with their audience through video, so they can stand out from the crowd and become a magnetic brand. 
Everything she coaches stems from a personal development perspective to help her clients become more natural, comfortable, and charismatic in front of the lens. This confidence provides the impact they desire, and finally, they can enjoy doing video. Oh my gosh, Kelsey, that sounds fabulous. Welcome to the Gift Biz Unwrapped podcast. Awesome. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. It makes a huge difference if you can actually feel good when you're doing something that you'll want to keep doing it. Well, I can't wait to hear all of your pointers. But before we get into that, I want to do something that's become a tradition here on the show. And that is to have you describe yourself by way of a motivational candle. It gives us a little bit of a creative look into you. And we're all creatives here. So if you were to describe your ideal motivational candle, what color would you choose? And what would be a quote or some type of saying on your candle? I love that. I think that's just super cute. And I love when we get to kind of tune into the spirit of somebody with a creative question like that. So I believe that there's so much power in aesthetic. Like when we enjoy the space that we're in, we can operate at such a better and higher level and can get so much more inspired and creative. So I would want my candle to be something that I found particularly aesthetic, very pleasing and beautiful in the way of my opinion, which is I would want colors like this is going to sound so boring to some of you guys. (laughs) I know Mm -hmm. that. But I would want like beige and white and gold with some filigree accents and trim that it has kind of like a strong elegance to it that's like ornate, but not over the top. And I I would love it to say something like trust in yourself. And I fully believe that when we build in the trust within ourselves, we are capable of doing anything that we're afraid of. We're able to move through that fear and harness our courage. And so it's, it all stems from trusting in ourselves. And I would love for it to smell like something, probably like a bonfire. The bonfire scent is my absolute favorite smell in the world. When you're driving at night and you have the windows down and you have great music playing in the car and you drive by someone's home and you smell they've lit a bonfire, like that is the best feeling and smell to me ever. And so I would want my candle to smell like that. <laughs> oh my gosh, can I just have your candle? <laughs> <laughs> we'll sell this. So I need someone to make it. I can't make it. <laughs> okay, well, we'll work on that for you. We've got a lot of people out here who are candle makers who are listening. The thing that I really like about what you put together, first of all, bonfires, oh my gosh, I totally agree with you. And I think of bonfires in Chicago now, it used to be when I was little, we would burn leaves and that smell of all the leaves burning, but you're not allowed to do that here anymore. That makes sense. Colorado can't either because it's so dry. Yeah, but you can have backyard bonfires and I'm agreeing with you with that. And the other thing that came to me as you were talking about your color and the filigree and all that, and then merged into trust in yourself Mm -hmm. is the beige and the white and more natural Mm -hmm. Feels just that, I guess, natural. And then if you could just trust in yourself and be powerful enough to believe that what's coming or what you're going to do or who you are is enough and you trust that, that is also so natural. So that merges back into your colors. And then the way, oh my gosh, yes, like (laughs) analogies and metaphors. I love this because it's like you build in that solid foundation of some of like that, that natural, the earth tones, things like that. And then when you show up and you're able to paint your picture and like share it with the world and the visibility and the creativity and the inspiration that comes out, like that's the ornate part. That's the filigree. That's the gold trimming. Like that's the part that you get to share with the world, but you don't get there unless you build in like that solid foundation. 
I absolutely love it. And you're being so yourself and with being yourself builds that confidence because you're not trying to put on a show for somebody. You're just showing up who you are. Yes. Oh, exactly. Oh, I'm loving this question. (laughs) (laughs) I do too. And it's so perfect for what you do. So like this just works out magically. (laughs) That was cool. But so Kelsey, tell us a little bit more. I know there's a lot more to your story than what I talked about in the intro. So take us back a little bit in time and share a little bit more about yourself. Oh, absolutely. Yes. Well, as everyone, you know, we have so much of a journey that takes us to the place that we are now. And because it's our own life, we feel like, man, maybe this is normal and like no big deal. And we so simplify and normalize our own circumstances. But we've all been through such massive growth and transitions and transformations. And part of mine was really, I started my adult career right after college working in an adult male correctional facility. And I started off as a teacher, and then I moved into a position as a case manager, where I was managing the lives of 25 adult male felons, and was there for about three years total in different positions that I transitioned through. And I kept having these really explosive, terrible days, (laughs) where really intense and not fun things would happen, and was just spending so much time around people and circumstances and situations that brought me into a pretty severe depression. And on one particularly tumultuous night, I had a client burst into my office whose meds were messed up, and he was coming out of, he was transitioning out of 25 years in prison for a murder charge, and just burst into my office, blocked my exit, screaming at me, and just working the best I can, especially as like a 22-year-old, to de-escalate this situation and calm it down, and as weird as this is going to sound, it wasn't even so much scary, but it was just such a darn wake up call that I was like, I do not want to keep having days like this. This is not fun. I don't derive joy from this. Like, what's the future here? What is the point? Why do this for the next 30, 40 years? And it was another maybe two years, honestly, before I actually made it out of there and transitioned to a different job and eventually started my personal development journey and my entrepreneurialism journey. But it was that night, it was that particular night that when after we were able to de-escalate the situation, because a colleague of mine happened to walk by my office in that moment, because normally at that time, that night, it was just my office in the midst of their rooms. So it's kind of like a dorm hall, but <laughs> of adult male felons. And it was just me and no security up there or anything. And a colleague came by and we're able to de-escalate that situation. And once he left, I sat there just in that moment of reflection and feeling that And I started to write out a list of what actually makes me happy. (laughs) And I tell you, staying in that position for the next 30 something years was not on that list. No. And I just have to say here, like I am sitting here, if you could only see me, my eyes are wide open and I am stunned. A lot of people talk about, oh, I hated my corporate job, so I've changed into this. Kelsey, I was not expecting this story. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Pretty much no one does. (laughs) Oh, My gosh, that's crazy. So were you in school for like social work or psychiatric counseling? Or like, how did you get into that position in the first place? Fair question. (laughs) So I was an anthropologist in school. And I love that. I loved that major because I'm a huge traveler and culture and history and art junkie. Love it. And anthropology is, you know, the all-encompassing of all people throughout time. It's very broad, but it fits into so many categories you can really dive into. 
I love it. But that does apply in a way to essentially an ethnographic study of working in a completely different environment than what I was used to. And so it was fascinating to me. And when I was in college, I was a part of an honors program called the President's Leadership Program which requires a certain amount of volunteer hours. And so in college, I volunteered at a correctional facility as a tutor. And so I had some amazing experiences there. I taught a 22-year-old guy how to read, and I don't know how to do that. We figured it out. It's <laughs> kind of how I got into it, and I sort of normalized the situation. And then I had all this time volunteering with them so that when I graduated, we were in 2011 and it was very much the time recovering from the recession where jobs were so limited. Like the jobs we were applying for were the same jobs that people who had been in the field for 30 years were applying for. It was crazy. (laughs) It was tough. And this role in corrections, first starting as a teacher and then moving into the management position, was one of the only jobs that I was fully qualified for, could start right away, and just kind of jumped right into that after graduating. And we so often just go with the things that are presented in front of us because they feel like, I should do this, or I'm supposed to do this, or this makes the most sense. And it was very interesting. I became very good at working with lots of different types of people. I learned to be hyper-organized. I mean, these the skills that I learned in that have helped me immensely in growing in my business and my character and who I am as a person and what I want for my future. So I'm profoundly grateful for that experience. But I'm glad that situations happen to help spark that awareness to change it, to start to question, am I doing this just because I think I should? Or <laughs> am I here actually because I want to? Right. And that doesn't mean necessarily that this position isn't good for somebody. It just wasn't good for you. Right. I was like, my soul is dying in here. Hmm. (laughs) Seriously. This is a fascinating story. And the thing that I was going to ask you next was about, did you learn anything from being in an adult male correctional facility? And you shared with us what you have, which I find fascinating. It just goes to show that no matter what your past experience, even though it doesn't look like there's a connection or can be used for where you go next, can be because you did pick up skills. Absolutely. But I will say, Kelsey, that's a big jump (laughs) to do what we're going to talk about today. I can connect the dots. Okay, let's do that. So yes, absolutely. Because there's been, I mean, no years that the dots evolve, but they totally do connect. And this is something I actually help my clients with because they're so often stuck in the, well, we you know really, what do I talk about? How do I tie this into what I do, what I offer, like what I've been through? I'm like, well, they probably connect a lot more than you think. When I was in that office writing down my list of things that made me happy, one of the things I wrote down was acting. I loved acting growing up. I did theater all the time. I did every film project I possibly could in school. And within two weeks of that night, I just started Googling everything I possibly could to start like, how do I become an actor as an adult? I was very careful with my word choice there, not just like adult films and (laughs) really searching like, how do I become not a teen actor moving out to LA, but like an actor in Colorado in such a tertiary market? How do I get into this? Within two weeks, I went in for my first audition, not knowing any idea what I was doing. And booked the lead role, spent the next six months spending every single weekend filming this project and got to experience what awakening that side of me felt like again. And that making that decision, choosing to believe in myself and just going for it started to shift the entire trajectory of everything else that I did. I started to ask myself, if I say yes to this question, this decision, does this make me feel good? Does this lead to the future that I want? 
And every single time that I asked myself that question while making a decision moving forward, it shaped me into discovering personal development, meditation, learning about manifestation, learning about mindfulness, learning about entrepreneurialism. I had no idea what was possible online, even I mean, as a millennial, like I had no idea what I could really do, what I could really accomplish. I learned everything over the next five years I could possibly learn about digital marketing strategy, about running ads online, Facebook, Instagram, building in the social medias, everything I could consume, I did. And it just continued to evolve the process while getting represented in multiple regions in the U.S. for acting, while working in dozens of commercials, industrials, films, regularly auditioning for network. And so simultaneously, I was building up these three separate skill sets of acting, of film performance, of on-camera abilities, as well as the personal development, the mindset shifts, and then the business strategy and building an online business or using at least using the digital space for marketing to get new clients and customers. So these three were all being consumed and learned and practiced and implemented then into what I created my business as Be Marvelous You. And eventually all of those things merged into teaching entrepreneurs how to be authentic and powerful on camera so that they can create impact and actually have an effective video marketing plan. Well, I just have to say that you are such an excellent model and example then of taking something that you're thinking about, and I'm going to just call this a 180 <laughs> with you. <laughs> you know, so many people sit and they're not happy with what they're doing, but they've invested so much time. Maybe it's that that's the way they were trained and educated. And you're just a perfect example that if it doesn't feel right, find what does, even yeah. if it seems so disconnected. Before you started Be Marvelous You, you're talking about how you were manifesting the acting. Can you yes. talk a little bit about that before we get into the other topic? Just really quick, because I'm not sure everyone understands what that's all about. And I'd love to hear about it from your perspective, because you've been marvelous at it, obviously. Oh, well, thank you. I really do appreciate that. You know, I think it's the simplistic way that I look at it is when you really make a decision about something it must become done. And the path exactly of how it gets there, or how long it takes, the how, we don't really know. But as long as you keep taking that step into what's feeling right, what's feeling aligned, what's feeling like a whole body yes, what's feeling like the next right best step for you, I think that's how we take our responsibility of the action we need to do while calling in the thing that we want. Because it's going to help shorten that path of stopping the self-sabotaging where it's like, okay, I know I really want to go do this thing, but this, this, and this reason makes it too scary. So therefore, I'm going to go waste my time and be distracted and do this thing over here instead. And the more and more we say yes to the yeses of our body, the aligned yeses, and make our decisions that way, the easier and the faster it is for those opportunities to come to us. One of the ways I've liked, we hear luck explained as when opportunity and preparation meet. And I really think that's what manifesting in a simplistic term is. It's creating that luck for yourself where your preparation and opportunity meet. Because the more you prepare, say yes to that, work to that, move to that, the more it can come and find you. Think about this in your business. Like anytime a customer finds you, that's essentially you manifesting them, you calling them in because you're showing up and doing your work. You're holding up your end of the responsibility. Right, which doesn't mean you're sitting on the couch hoping you're getting a customer. You're doing the work to make it happen. So one final question on manifesting. You're saying that it starts with a vision. You have to think and know your end goal, or at least a good portion of what that looks like. 
That's the very first step, right? How detailed do you feel that needs to look? I think it's rarely super detailed because I really like to start with how is it that I want to feel in the future? Like, how is it you know, that I want to feel now? And how is it that I can create more of those desired feelings in my five-year vision and my 10-year vision and what I want for me when I'm 80? What, what are the sensations that I want to be feeling then at that time? And I don't know at all what that journey is going to look like from now until then. But I can really start to have some specific goals that when you really want something, like when you have a really specific focus, that I think is now it's shown up in your vision of your want of your desire because it's now ready for you because it's now a possibility for you. And so it's like, okay, what steps do I need to take to start bringing that closer to me? And the more that we decide that that's the path we want, that's the path we want to create, the easier that it's going to be to bring it toward us. But I don't necessarily think it needs to be it's going to be this house in this place. I'm going to have this job. I don't have this many customers. Like that's really putting a lot of rules and putting it in a box when we really in reality don't know exactly how stuff is going to unfold. But if you're like, I want to have this amount of time freedom. I want to have this amount of like money freedom. I want to feel this way. I want to feel respected and supported. And I don't want to feel like I'm overwhelmed or drowning or scared. Right? Right. We can start choosing what are the feelings that we are desiring to feel in our life the majority of the time? And then let's start to work to that. Let's start to move towards that. Beautiful. Yeah, because clearly you weren't getting the right feeling in the correctional facility. And then as you started entering into and getting your first jobs over on the acting side, that was feeling right for you. Yes, absolutely. Got it. Okay, so let's continue with feeling here. Okay. And talk about people being on camera. And it's similar when you're up and you do public speaking, you know, all of the fear that comes around that. And I guess Mm -hmm. they're kind of similar because you're putting yourself up in the public eye, if you will, even though video, there may not be someone right in front of you. But why do you think it is we get so scared to do this? Oh, sure. I mean, I think so much of it stems from a worry of, are we good enough? Are we worthy enough? Do we have anything worth saying that anyone would care about? And then moves into the self-judgments and insecurities of how I look, how I sound, and then did I do it right? (laughs) Did I just screw this up? And we have this almost like we're waiting for somebody to give us that permission and that approval that like, yes, you are worthy. Yes, you are enough. Yes, you did do this right. Like, yes. (laughs) And really, we're the only ones that can do that for ourselves. But It is uh, public speaking, and this fits for camera as well, very much so, is people say they'd rather like be hit by a car than do public speaking. Right. Anything but. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. They're like, "Uh, nope, Uh, I'll I'll skip that, please. Thank you. But in our current day and age with social media, I think the stat is 94% of people make purchasing decisions after watching a video. It is huge. No (laughs) kidding. 94%? Yes. Wow. And do you have any idea what the percentages of people who actually do video? It's really low, isn't it? It's not enough. I'll tell you that. (laughs) Yeah, I kind of feel like I saw a percentage somewhere. And I'm not even going to try and quote it, but it was under 20, like of people who actually do video. And that might have been Facebook Live. I'm not sure. But the thing that's so interesting to me with the group of people that I'm serving, so Gifbiz listeners, I'm talking about you guys mostly, is some people haven't even tried it, but all of a sudden they're just like, nope. Right. Yeah, they think it's not for me. Yep, not doing it. But it is, but it is for you, I promise. Yeah. (laughs) 
And I understand the fear. I really, I like I teach this to my clients where it's, we actually acknowledge and face and look at and recognize the fear and kind of see, you know, where's that coming from so that we can disconnect it. Because so often people think that their safety is at jeopardy by showing up, by being seen, by being visible, by putting themselves at risk for scrutiny and for judgment. When in reality, they're so rarely connected and we're going to be judged as a general, as a whole in any capacity, no matter what whether you're seen or whether you're hidden, whether people know your story or they don't, or you make a lot of money or you have no money. People are making judgments on all of those things all of the time, no matter what. (laughs) Yeah, we're judging humans just by nature judge, right? And I'm going to put myself out on the limb here and say, I would rather be judged than not be known. Because if you're not known, no one can possibly work or buy from you. Exactly. And if you do put yourself out there and know that you're going to be judged, some people are going to like you and some people aren't, then you're getting the people who are going to like you. Or if you don't do it, you don't really have a shot at any of it. Then they don't have a chance to like you. Right. I mean, they might go on your website and look at your product, but then your product is up against anyone else who has a similar product. Exactly. Not the best is yours because we know yours is the best of all, (laughs) right? Candles or jewelry, whatever. But they don't get that added layer of personality of the maker. And that's what's so valuable about video, I think. What do you say, Kelsey? Well, think about like people like to buy from people. They want to know the story behind it, especially when there's so much competition online. Like the way to stand out and set yourself apart is your story, is you being a person and that immediately can build in the three things you need for effective marketing, which is the no factor, like factor and trust factor. So if people can get to know you, like you and trust you, they're way more likely to buy from you, even if your product's more expensive than someone else. And you think about the hesitancy of people purchasing online, especially a product They could think, well, is this a trustworthy brand? Where is this coming from? Where is it made? What is the quality of the ingredients? Are they socially conscious? Do they have any causes they like? Who am I really buying from? Am I really going to get my product? Like all of those questions of trust come up. And so if you're showing up as you as a person and like, hey, we've run this, you know, small business operation. This is our story. Here, let me demonstrate to you what makes our product so special. You better believe that's going to build no like and trust factor. People are going to be way more likely to invest their money with you. Okay, so devil's advocate. Mm-hmm. Kelsey, that's all on my about page. I got it covered. Ah. I don't need to do video. My about page has that. I know I'm supposed to write my about page in first person, so I'm talking. So the words are all there. I don't need to do video. Perfect. So if people are, 94% of people are making a decision based on a video, what if we just had you put your about me page in a teleprompter and you, if you're nervous and you're like, I don't want to memorize something and just had you speak it with a smile and your personality and your energetic connection to that person and deliver your information through a video where we can see you, we can hear you and we can feel you and not just read about you. Because what if you're a liar? I don't know. Let's see it demonstrate to us as your viewer, as your audience, really who you are. And then Make it less about you. That's the first part. The second part, make it less about you and more about your audience. Show me, demonstrate the use of your product. Show me why you love it, why it's special. Actually show me, don't tell me. Don't just write it in a little bullet point section. Demonstrate to me. What does it feel like for me to use your product? I wanna see it in action so that I can see myself in my eyes, mind using it. Yeah. And you know, and as you're talking, I'm also thinking when you do the no like and trust that we've all heard like a million times, right? Mm-hmm. We all get yep. that that's the case. But I think the like and trust 
are the big ones for video. Absolutely. Right? Because you can know anybody by the print, but the like and trust has to be more personal. There has to be more coming into it than words. It's immediately polarizing because somebody can see if they like your personality or not. And then video builds connection on a human to human level better than anything else. Think about it in a big brand idea like Nike or something. You're not seeing their success from them taking a photo of a tennis shoe saying, look at this awesome feature. It has this stitching. We use this type of shoelace. It's really cool. It's the best. Buy it. Their ads that they spend you know, millions of dollars on are of a runner and you see their faces sweating and you see the challenge that they went through in the gym and them winning a race. You hear their stories of the challenges they've overcome. They do little interview clips and we see people. We see people in motion. We see their faces. We connect to them on a human and person level. That's going to be what makes someone feel a connection, a personal human connection to a product or a business. Yes, I agree with you totally. And what the result is then of having or experiencing the product as well. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yes. And then they see it. They see it as possible. And they say, wow, like, let's let's take a candle example. Like, let's see, you're showing me like, hey, we put these candles in this room for this reason. And you have a camera there and you're walking me around and you're describing it and you're showing it to me. I can start seeing the benefit of me having that same candle, that same product in my own home. I can see the result and what I get out of it. Right. Got it. Okay. So Mm -hmm. what's the difference, would you say, between more structured videos? So video like what you would put on a website or you'd use in promotions, maybe something like that versus going live. What are the differences between those two? We've got a cut for a quick break to hear from our sponsor. After that, we'll return to hear the difference between video and live streaming. Yes, it's possible. Increase your sales without adding a single customer. How, you ask? By offering personalization with your products. Wrap a cake box with a ribbon saying, Happy 30th birthday, Annie. Or add a special message and date to wedding or party favors for an extra meaningful touch. Where else can you get customization with a creatively spelled name or find packaging that includes a saying whose meaning is known to a select two? Not only are customers willing to pay for these special touches, they'll tell their friends and word will spread about your company and products. You can create personalized ribbons and labels in seconds. Make just one or thousands without waiting weeks or having to spend money to order yards and yards. Print words in any language or font. Add logos, images, even photos. Perfect for branding or adding ingredient and flavor labels too. For more information, go to theribbonprintcompany.com. So we really have, those are hitting kind of the two primary types of videos. So you have your ones that are authority building, which are maybe a little more professional, a little more polished on your website. That's really has a specific intention behind it of demonstration or sharing a particular story that's very connected to the brand. And then if you're on social media or something and you want to share a story about this person got this product and this was their story about how it made them happy, how it changed their environment, how it added an aesthetic or something. And you're sharing stories, you're sharing examples, and then a little bit of the behind the scenes process, how you make the product. Show me a demonstration of how it's used in different circumstances. Show me different ways to decorate with it. Show me different things that make your product special and different parts of the journey behind it. Now, 
those can be a lot more casual. They can be a little bit more of the connection and engagement based videos versus those authority building where it's really like, here's the product, here's the sale offer pitch on a more professional site like your website. But if you're on Instagram, you're on Facebook, and you just want to hop on your stories or hop on live or share an IGTV, and you're demonstrating something with the product, you're showing the resources used to make it, or just something about how to use the product, because you want to have consistent, you really need to have consistency. So you want to be showing up consistently. And you're like, well, if I'm making a video every day, like I can't have a film crew, I can't be the most polished video. That's great. Social media is perfect for that. You can share those more just engagement and connection-based, more casual, relaxed videos in selfie mode, something like that doesn't have to be a hyper-professional on your social media channels. Right. And those are the ones that seem to perform the best because something falls off the table, it's just really natural, the camera goes wrong, like whatever, they don't have to be so perfected. And then you really get to see what someone's all about, I think. That's where I want to see who you are. You know, I want to see your personality. I want to hear about your story. I want to be able to feel your energy. I truly, like whether you realize it or not, your energy is going through that lens. It's going through that camera. And so if I can watch it and be like, oh my God, that was so cute or that was so funny or I love this. And maybe I'm not even shopping for what you're selling, but I'm scrolling and I happen to see your video and you do something that captures my attention, that immediately creates a bond. And I'm going to go down the rabbit hole and start watching your other things and start looking at what you offer, what you have versus if it's a moving graphic type of video that so many product-based businesses use, unless I'm actively shopping for that product in the moment, it's not going to do anything for me. Right. Well, certainly not make a personal connection. Right. Yeah. You know, I've done more and more Facebook Live. I have done some of the more edited video too, you know, that are authority building all the type that you say. And I find that number one, the more I do, the easier it gets. And I Mm -hmm. also find like then when I go out to trade shows, people are like, hey, Sue, they come up and they like know everything about me. And I'm like, wait, have we met before? And then when (laughs) they say their name, maybe they have because they've commented online or something. But it just goes to show you how much people get to know you in a very easy way for yourself because you don't know who's going to watch all those videos, especially since a lot of them are, if in the case of live, people are watching the replays. They're not watching necessarily right when you're live. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I mean, the reach you can get with that is so great. Yes, exactly. And I think replays, lives are great because of the engagement aspect that they can get, especially the way that can bump you up in the algorithm. And they're also wonderful because it's kind of live and then done. And then you can also repurpose it for replays. And then you can also feed ads to it, which any video repurposed ads for Facebook remarketing, where you can retarget the audience who's watched a few seconds of your video. Those are the least expensive ads that you can run on Facebook. So you do a live just I'm in my shop and I'm making something Mm -hmm. and I want to bring the audience in. And today, here's what I'm doing. I thought I'd show you a little bit about what's going to be happening in my morning. And so you do a little bit of a video relatively. Well, I shouldn't say that. I don't know. How long should something like that be? If it's just kind of like a daily content piece, I mean, it's as I guess it's as long as, as it is. If we're showing them how to make something, it takes the time it takes to make something. But people's attention spans are very short. So really, if you're doing something kind of like that, maybe five to 10 minutes. And you can always use like that fast forward feature. Yes. Too. Like if it's something that they understand it initially, then you can fast forward it so they see it all, but it gets done faster or something. Yes. Okay. And so, but what I saw, so you did that piece, you did a live, and then what do you do with Facebook ads? Tell us again. 
Yeah, absolutely. So if anyone's running ads for their business, you can do a custom audience of people who have watched either you can break it down into like three seconds or 10 seconds, or they can do 25% or 50% or 75%, whatever you can pick your metric of people who have watched your video for that length of time. And you so what happens is to build a custom audience in Facebook ads, they have to have a certain amount of people, like a minimum of a thousand plus people. And if you're just running static text-based and image-based ads, that can take a long time to build up the people who have viewed it or interacted with it. And it can be just a lot more expensive versus a video. If you're targeting the people who have watched that certain amount, those certain amount of time links that you can choose, those add up fast. It is the fastest way to build in your custom audience. So then you can create a retargeted ad to those people who have already viewed part of your video at a way less expensive price, like one cent per person. <laughs> it's very inexpensive. So I'm on Facebook. Mm -hmm. I see a video I like. I start clicking in and listening to it, but something distracts me. I don't have time to watch it now. I think maybe I'll want to come back and look at it a little while later. Who knows what it is? But meanwhile, it's just going to keep going down and down and down in my feed, right? So if they mm -hmm. had retargeted someone who had watched the amount of time that I had already watched, mm -hmm. what would happen is it would be reserved to me as an ad, right? That's the way it works behind the scenes. So then I'd have an opportunity to see it again. Where if it wasn't an ad, it would potentially be lost to me unless I specifically went onto their page to look for it. Yes. So if they didn't set that particular video as an ad, you might not see that one again, but they can retarget you with an ad. So it might be a different video or something, some other content piece that they have, but they grabbed you as part of their audience as, and now you're their warm audience because you watched that video. Oh, so it might be showing them the video again, or it could be another ad, like a deeper level of the same topic. Yep. Got it. Okay. Wonderful. Okay, so just so that we've a little bit hopped around a little bit, so I just want to bring everybody back in. So the two videos we've been talking about are a more professionally done video, which would be for authority building. You're, you're mm -hmm. an expert in your craft, whatever it is that you're making. Specific attention, so getting specific attention to maybe a certain new product you have or something like that, but they're more professionally done, I guess is the way I would say it. And these are great for websites, right, Kelsey, and ads? Yep. There are different types of ads to run and some are more effective if they're done in like selfie mode mm -hmm. and just like, hey, I want to share this, blah, blah, blah. And it's a little more casual. So there's different, I would test for your target audience, which ad does the best. But yes, on something like your website, and then maybe a couple of your IGTVs, or if you're running a video series training, something like that, those ones you want to have a little more polished, which really just means more edited, make sure you have good lighting, good sound, and a good backdrop, something that's not distracted, you're dressed for your brand, things like that, where there's just more intention in it versus a social media video where you still need to have good lighting and good sound, but it's a little bit more casual and more of your daily life or of your shop and you're showing something. Mm -hmm. One is then videoed and then edited, probably. So that's in a way a little bit more comfortable, I think. Yeah, it's interesting. I feel like people get split whether they prefer live or pre-recorded because sometimes if it's a pre-recorded that you're editing in, there's kind of that pressure that happens of this needs to be perfect and therefore I'm going to do 39 takes <laughs> of this video. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. 
And when it's live, you're kind of like, well, screw it. I'm nervous and I'm going for it. <laughs> like, but why? There's nothing I can do. And really, it's kind of finding the trust within yourself, learning specific habits and processes and intention, knowing what you're talking about. It's a learnable skill. You can train yourself in the certain aspects you need to be paying attention to to make sure they're effective video. And so once you have that built in, then either modality isn't going to be as stressful, whether it's live or pre-recorded. I'm almost going to retract and say, I think I like lives better because it's just in the moment. I'm saying whatever I'm saying. You're right. There isn't the retake because you're already live. <laughs> People yeah. are watching you, right? And then those of you who have never gone live just know that, especially on Facebook, if you decide that you don't like what just happened, you don't have to share it to your page or wherever you went live. Exactly. And so like, let's say something absolutely disastrous happened, which actually could be the best thing for you, because <laughs> people would want to see it and they'll yeah. relate to it. But let's say it was just something you didn't want to stay up. You can just delete it so that the only people who ever saw it were the people who were on live with you at that time. Mm -hmm. So there's always that. I've never done that, though. I've never not posted something that was live, even if yeah. it was goofy or crazy or whatever. But then on the video side, when you're doing a more professional, you're right. You feel like you need to be more scripted. Every line needs to be polished properly and mm -hmm. all of that. Yes. Yeah. Two different ways of going for sure. Can you share with us some tips? Okay, we talked about the value. We've talked about the different ways you can use them. But you still got to get in front of the camera and actually do it. Yes. So this is where your expertise comes in. And we want to feel good in front of the camera. So how does that work? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So there's a lot that can go into that. But a kind of a quick look at it is I'm going to share if I go with these three great pointers that can get you started. Perfect. One, take care of the external stuff. If you have your good lighting set up, which is if you have no equipment, use a window, make sure you're facing the window that will create a beautiful natural light glow. If you are going to get some equipment, I highly recommend for the simplest setup, a ring light of some sort. You can either do a desk stand one or a full-size tripod ring light. And either of those are going to work great. Just kind of look at your space, your setting, and what you have, what, how much space you have, what how much budget you have. Because ring lights can be pricey, but the desktop ones that are maybe 13 inches or so, 10 to 13 inches, are under $50 usually. You can get them on Amazon. And how close or far away are you supposed to place those? Well, as a lot of times it's dictated by the space that you have available to you. And then you just can control the light based on the dimmer switch. But really, you want to make sure that your features are not washed out. Make sure we can still see your eyebrows. We can see that you have a nose and cheeks. If it's so bright and so close to you that it's just like completely just blended you in, that's not great. Then we're missing actually being able to see you deliver, which we always want to be able to see you. So just not too close, at least have it a couple of feet back from you. But you, I depend on what your space is. So then that just might be determined more by the brightness that you turn that lamp on. Okay, perfect. And the other thing really with light to make sure that you pay attention to is that you are not using warm light. So those soft white yellow bulbs that we put in our lamps to make our home feel cozy looks terrible on film. You must use daylight bulbs. Oh, those are the big bright ones. Yes, daylight bulbs because it's mimicking daylight real sunlight. So if we're all in home offices right now, we need to change our light bulbs. 
Yeah, or get your filming lamp, your filming light that you use that you take out or you have set up somewhere so that you can just turn it on whenever you go to film something. Because if you're recording under regular lamps, like your just regular office lamp or fluorescent bulb, something like that, it looks terrible on camera. So taking care of the external, make sure that we can hear you, that you're using some sort of microphone that's really some sort of specific microphone that's not just your device's microphone, because those are usually very omnidirectional and are picking up sounds from everywhere, from every direction. And we'll hear the humming of the air conditioner and people talking in an office nearby, (laughs) like get something. That is so true. I can tell you that from experience for sure. Yes. (laughs) I've had that happen before. Yeah. Okay, all the external equipment. Okay, we've got that covered. Yes. And then building up your energy. We're going to take care of external. We're going to take care of energy. And we're going to take care of some internal trust. So your energy would be really great if you feel like you get hit with that just wall of nerves and you you have that just completely nervous energy or you're really flat and monotone and it's kind of sound like a robot or you're really awkward and and glitchy on camera and you're like I just uh my words get stuck and I don't know what I'm saying and I forget my train of thought and that's the energetics that we're talking about so to move that nervous energy out of your body before you film I want you to do 10 jumping jacks I want you to do some push-ups. I want you to physically move your body so that you are quite literally pushing that nervous energy out of your system so that your body can be more present in the moment and can't focus on its fears of being nervous because it just worked out. It just worked. It just, you know, your heart's pumping. I like that a lot. And I'm also thinking when I used to sing back in high school or whatever, you know, they'd always have you training your voice, like talking or singing before you'd go on. Yes. It's the same type of thing with your body. You're also Absolutely. doing that. I have all my clients do vocal warm-ups before where you hum, you do face stretches, you're getting your voice warmed up, your face warmed up so that you're not getting stiff or locked. Well, sometimes our jaw will just get like locked up. Then that your body's loose so that you can really stand with your strength and step into that confidence because that confidence is just an emotion. So if we can train ourselves to start stepping into a feeling of confidence before getting on camera, that is going to help people receive your message so much better. Perfect. Well, and that's the whole point too, right? You're on there to communicate something. So the point is for them to receive it, not how great you look. Yes, exactly. It's about your audience. It's about what's in it for them. And remember, we build that connection. We serve them the best when they actually know us, like us, and trust us. And that includes knowing your story. That includes knowing your voice. It includes being able to feel and receive your energy when you share things. Right. They say in podcasting all the time that nobody likes their voice. So just get over yourself. Like as a host, like as I was learning how to podcast, it's like, Mm -hmm. just forget it. Your voice (laughs) is your voice. (laughs) You're not going to be able to change it. Nobody likes their voice. And so just get over it. (laughs) Yeah, it is what it is. It is what it is, right. To know that everyone kind of feels that way. And just like we've been talking, everyone starts to feel a little bit uncomfortable when they first start doing this. So you're not alone in any of that. Absolutely. And it's completely a learned skill. So it's like you don't have to think, oh, well, I'm not a natural at this or this isn't just... It's not just easy for me. It looks easy for you, but not for me, right? And we think we're so different in that way. And it's like, no, it is. It's uncomfortable. You're talking to glass and metal as though it's a person. Like, it is uncomfortable. We do have to work through that. Right. And what's so interesting is to everyone you've ever spoken to in your life, your voice and your face is how they know you. And so when we watch ourselves back it's and listen to ourselves back, it's not the way we see or hear ourselves inside our own minds. 
So it seems different to us, but it's not different or new to anyone outside of us. Good point. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I've never thought of it that way before. You're right. You're absolutely right. Mm -hmm. And if you showed up differently, then you wouldn't even look authentic because it's like, that's not how she sounds in real life. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Like, who are you being right now? (laughs) Yeah. Who are you being right now? (laughs) That's funny. Okay. And what about the internal trust? Yes. So that building in that internal trust is really how we start to build in the confidence and really just in continuing to build up our ability of courage to feel afraid of something and move through it anyway, do it anyway. And this is one of my favorite exercises. If you're feeling really camera shy, just really nervous, practice for one week where you take your phone and you record just on your camera, just on your private device, you don't need to share this anywhere, record a vlog style video introducing who you are, what you do, who you serve, what your product is, how you make it, what makes it special. Every day, get on there for two minutes and make a video of yourself in selfie mode, recording to yourself, and just start practicing that and getting it into your bones, into your mind. Start training your brain that it is safe so that your comfort zone can start to expand and then accept that, oh, doing this actually isn't so dangerous. This actually maybe can be okay. Maybe I should share this information. And it's really going to start to build in that inner trust. Yeah. And I can just see people right now trying to do that, even though it's only to themselves. Yeah. And not being able to. It's scary, even though you know it's not going anywhere. I think that's excellent. I love that exercise. I also, I'm thinking it's also a good one for people who are out networking. Not that we're doing much of that right now. (laughs) Right. But out networking, you know, when you do your introductions, like the elevator speeches, Mm -hmm. like this is a great practice session of how you might introduce yourself. So it can, this can work double duty, getting you feeling good on camera, because you'll also want to introduce yourself on camera. And then also in networking meetings, just an aside, Kelsey, sorry. Yeah, no, I love it. Yes, I think that's great. That's absolutely. Well, and part of what we do is we're like, oh, well, I'm great in person. That's no problem. But then I get on camera. So start to practice and train in muscle memory of how is it that you show up when you're at these networking events with your charm and your presence and your smile and the warmth that you have? How is it that you show up there and then start practicing that on your device? Because that's how you need to be speaking to your online audience. Yes. Just be you Mm -hmm. to the point we were talking about earlier. Mm -hmm. Okay. So this is a challenge. I give everyone challenges all the time. So you give the challenge, Kelsey. Yes. You are all challenged. (laughs) (laughs) Just selfie vlog style video on your own device. We don't have to shove you into sharing on social media just yet, but start it on your own device just privately for you. Do this for a minimum of five days. Challenge yourself, do it and just see how it changes. See what you maybe are opened up to the possibility of your next step. Love it. Love it. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you might be ready to go Facebook Live. Mm-hmm. And Gift Biz listeners, you know I talk about my Facebook group, Gift Biz Breeze. If you're not there already, you're going to hear something at the end of the podcast it tells you a little bit more about the group. But one of the things we've been doing recently is letting people come in. So Kelsey, this is a private group, but it's open to everybody. So it's not a paid type group, but I only gifters, bakers, crafters, makers Mm. go in there. Very cool. But we're practicing our Facebook lives. So I'm telling people, you know, come on and practice in front of us. We're all doing this together. It's a safe, quiet place to be. And it's so fun watching people getting on and not kind of knowing what to do. 
but knowing that that's okay. And it's inspiring then other people to try it too. It's just beautiful. When you show up for yourself, you're showing someone else what's possible for them. Ooh, I love that. Is that a quote of yours? It should be. I don't know. (laughs) I think you should just take it right now. (laughs) Done. It's mine. Coined it. (laughs) It's yours. It is yours for sure. All right. Wonderful. So the tips to get better, things that you can take away right now and work on are, we just talked about what equipment you need, then the lighting and all that, lighting, mic, et cetera, how you prepare yourself with your energy moving around. That would be a funny video, Kelsey. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is how I prepare. I'm so nervous for you guys to go on. This is what I do. Just FYI. I think that would be so cute. Yeah. <laughs> and then internal trust. I always say to people that you should focus on getting your message delivered, not on how you look. I said that a little exactly. bit earlier, but when you're focusing outward and not focusing inward, you can't do both at the same time. Right. So if you're just watching outward more, what do you think of, you know, Mel Robbins and her five second rule, the five, four, three, two, one, just do it rule. Yes. Yeah. I think that helps a lot too, especially when you're in a live situation where you don't want to press the button. Mm-hmm. Just do the countdown and go for it. I love it. You can always talk yourself out of something. So it's like, well, just give yourself a darn countdown and do it. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm just going to ask you one final thing. I'm seeing we're starting to run shorter on time, but do you script? Let's just go with lives right now, because I think you would automatically do this if you were really preparing for a more structured video. But do you script out what you're going to say on your lives or do you have bullet points or you just do you just go on and freewheel it with no prep? Good question. I probably wouldn't do no prep because then you might show up and be like, hey, I just well hanging out. How's it going? Like, you know, oh, then it's why are you there? Right. You're wasting my time. Yeah. Like, why did I just click on this? Like, what are you doing? Yeah. If you're really famous and you just want to be like, hey, guys, I just want to hop on and like hang out with my audience. Maybe that works. Maybe they'd love that. But otherwise, generally, you want to have some intention of why should somebody be watching you? And for lives, particularly, it's great to do a couple of things. One, have talking points, have bullet points that you just write out on a sticky note that you paste up right next to your camera lens. And no, so three things with this. So have your talking bullet points and then know your intro sentence. Really have that like locked in, have that kind of memorized just at the front of mind where you know as soon as you hit live that you know really exactly what you're going to say just for that first line. And should you be saying then what the reason is why they should watch? Like what is the value for them to watch? I've heard that before. Yes. Yeah, so you have to tell them what the hook is. Give them what benefit will they receive by hanging out and watching you. Okay. Mm-hmm. So okay. that's probably your opening line. Like I'm on here right now to teach you this, to demonstrate this, to show you this so that you get X benefit. Okay, perfect. And then the last aspect of that is really know your exit. It's really awkward when it's kind of like, okay, so well, uh, you know, we just go down like a bunch of vocalized pauses and we don't have any way to like wrap it up. So it's really important to know what is your call to action at the end? What next step do you want them to take? State that and then hop off. <laughs> Right. No, I think that's true. I've seen that a lot. And I felt uncomfortable at the end, too. Mm-hmm. But you know, part of why I'll feel uncomfortable is people are still commenting. And so I don't want to shut off the video if someone's in the middle of commenting, and I just haven't seen it yet because of the delay. Then acknowledge it. Absolutely. They're like, okay, great. So we're going to take some moment to just read through the comments, see what questions you have here. I'm reading these because then especially if they're either live and listening, they want to know if you're going to just click off. Or if you're watching the replay, they want to see maybe they're going to do a Q&A section. Okay, 
Perfect. But then have a certain plan for when you're done and then click off. Yes. (laughs) Then leave. (laughs) Okay. That doesn't sound so hard. Yeah. (laughs) For a lot of people who are listening, they're like, yeah, well, I'm going to get to that after like five seconds. (laughs) Yeah, and that's all right. Then at least you were on there for your five seconds. Well, and I can think, I just feel like with our community here, there are so many opportunities for content. Like, let's say you're making something, soaps, for example, and the batch turns out like the absolute wrong color for some reason, or like, I don't know. I want to see that. Yeah. Yeah, I think that would be fun to see, you know, and that could be like, 15 seconds, 30 seconds. It's like, okay, guys, just popping in here. I was making this. I'm not sure what happened, but it looks like this now, Uh, you know, or something like that is so entertaining and fun and also gives behind the scenes, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And just shows you're human. Oh, that's a perfect example. I love that. That is absolutely community building and it's built for engagement. And even though it's showing a mistake, it still shows your authority as you and you as the expert, because you're like, I can acknowledge this as a mistake. This is maybe what we're doing to fix it or something. And it's in a playful, fun way that we get to enjoy your personality. Yep. So I think if we really put our minds to it, we could think of a million different types of things like that. Inventory coming in, if you purchase beads or shoot, you make your own beads, you know, one turns out really interesting and fun. It's now a favorite or, you know, who knows? So many different types of things. Absolutely. Endless content. You guys have so much that you can share. Think about every little step that you go through in making of your product. Share that. Let your audience in on it. Let them be part of the story. And it doesn't have to be the whole thing, just a little bit. And then I'm also seeing, and this is the final thing and (laughs) before we're done, (laughs) But I'm also seeing people now taking an extension of their handmade product-based business and starting to do videos teaching other people how to do something, maybe a more simplistic version, you know, something Mm -hmm. that's easier that a novice could start, but to being able to create their own products at home. Absolutely. Or teaching, like teaching knitting or painting or doodling or, you know, whatever it might be. That's also video. Oh, make a mini course of how to make some of our basic scarves or something like that. Like, we know you love knitting. You might be interested in this. And yeah, build out a little mini video course. Offer it to your warm list already. That's a perfect add-on product. So much opportunity. Scarf tying. How Mm -hmm. to take care of your candles. With mm-hmm. all the mistakes of when people don't, this is what it looks like. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Absolutely. Just... And those are great social sharing videos, like the how-to kind of informational things. But then if you're really teaching a processor for them to build something, those are excellent other services that you can sell. Yes. Yep. Absolutely, for sure. Oh my gosh, Kelsey, this has been wonderful. Share a little bit more about the depth and everything that you do with Be Marvelous You, and then also where people could go to learn more. Awesome. Yeah, thank you. I'll hopefully have some good tangible takeaways that you guys can start implementing. I hang out the most on Instagram. So please come say hi. I love it. I love it when people share a podcast episode that they heard me on and tag me in it. I'll reach out to my stories. It is like a virtual hug. It is so nice. So I love it when people come say hi over on Instagram. My handle is at Kelsey underscore more. And my name's spelled a little funny. It's (laughs) K-E-L-L-S-I-E. And pretty much I think there's one other person in this world that spells her name like that. So you'll know if it's me or not. It says on camera coach. 
And right now I'm offering a free three-part video training series. So this is really for anyone who's like, okay, I get it. I see the importance. I'm, I am in. I know I need to work on this, but I'm just nervous. I need help. I want help building my content plan, how to make a marketing plan with it. What do I talk about? What do I share? And so I would definitely say hop in on that free video training. And it's a three-part series where you can really consume them pretty quickly and take some actionable steps of how to get started from there. Beautiful. Especially, you know, we talk about all of this, people can listen, and they can actually listen again, but then they hop off. And this series then gives them a way to continue the conversation that we've been having right now. Absolutely. The journey that you have been on from the correctional facility to acting (laughs) to now doing what you're doing and helping people just walk into themselves and presenting themselves on video is fascinating to me, like how that evolution happened. Thank you. I so appreciate your sharing and giving us some tangible tips that people can walk away and actually do something right now. And I'd like to challenge everybody also, Kelsey, you're talking about Instagram. Mm-hmm. come over on Instagram or do an Instagram post of you actually getting on and doing your testing, the challenge that Kelsey just gave you. Mm-hmm. I would love that. Right. And say, I've done it. Take a picture of yourself or better yet, share the video if you wanted to in your stories or in your account yes. and tag both of us. I'm at Gift Biz Unwrapped and Kelsey's at Kelsey, K-E-L-L-S-I-E underscore more so that we can see what you've done. That would be fun. I would love that. Yeah. All right, Kelsey. Well, I'm going to have to let you go, I guess. I'd rather talk to you all day, but I know you need to move (laughs) on. Thank you so much for taking time and sharing such valuable information. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. Building connection on a human level is where it's at for growing your business. I've seen it happen over and over again. Right now, while shows are still being canceled and rescheduled, video is your answer. Please, I'm begging you, don't stand in your own way. Will you promise me you'll try it? Good. I believe in you. I'm excited for you to hear next week's guest. We're talking to a relatively new business owner who has a super interesting product. Not only will you get a lot out of his business journey, you may just have a new gift idea for someone special in your life. It will intrigue you, that's for sure. Until then, a gentle reminder that subscribing and reviewing is a great way to give back and show your support for the show. I've made it much easier for you to do that now. Just go over to giftbizunwrap.com forward slash review. Make it a great week, stay healthy and safe, and I'll see you next Monday. I want to make sure you're familiar with my free Facebook group called Gift Biz Breeze. It's a place where we all gather and are a community to support each other. I've got a really fun post in there that's my favorite of the week, I have to say, where I invite all of you to share what you're doing, to show pictures of your product, to show what you're working on for the week, to get reaction from other people and just for fun because we all get to see the wonderful products that everybody in the community is making. My favorite post every single week, without doubt. Wait, what? Aren't you part of the group already? If not, make sure to jump over to Facebook and search for the group Gift Biz Breeze. Don't delay. Come join us in Gift Biz Breeze today.